Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of the Alternate Oscars. I'm your host, Gabe Foreign, as always, and usually with every uh, usually with every episode, I along with a special guest will be celebrating and awarding our favorite films of each year starting in 1928. We discuss our brief thoughts on each film we nominate and comment on the actual Oscar year and some fun details on the ceremony. A few rules we always follow. We strictly follow the reminder list of eligible releases. Those can be found on the website and the oscarcodes2.com. The amount of categories also grow over time, sort of tie into the Academy's evolution over time. That said, we are still in our Gene Arthur miniseries, and in this latest entry, we'll be discussing the 1940 Western Arizona. And my guest today is going to be a returning guest, Jackson DeStefano. Hello. Jackson, welcome back. Yes, I am back. We last covered the films of 1929, which was abysmal. And (laughs) Um, back for this. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I guess I always ask, um, how are you doing today, Jackson? How's your day been so far? Uh, It's been good. I have done absolutely nothing because it is my day off from work. So it's been Nice. nice. I have work later today, so I'm not so lucky. <laughs> well, <laughs> could be worse though. I've just been doing some cleaning up, but nothing big. So, a few questions I want to ask before we jump into our uh, movie. Um, do you have a um? What are your top five favorite films of 1940? Since that is the year we are discussing. Just off the um, top of your head. Uh, I am quickly pulling up my list. <laughs> uh, so my favorite film is, um, oh, it's it's this uh, animated short called uh, Spook Sport, but animated by uh, Norm McLaren, who is this famous uh, Canadian animator, or he's most well known for his film, uh, short, his short film Neighbors. But uh, Spook Sport, 1940 is my favorite of his work and also 1940 uh, my other favorite films i have another animated short in my top five and that's uh the donald duck short of mr duck steps out which is one of my just favorite disney shorts ever it's just it's a story of it's donald duck going on a date with uh, daisy and then the nephews come along and just make things chaotic it's it's a lot of fun and then I also have three regular live-action feature-length films here, too. Uh, the Grapes of Wrath, the classic Henry Fonda movie, just absolutely fantastic. One of John Ford's best efforts. Uh, another John Ford movie, actually, The Long Voyage Home, which I feel like is very underrated in his filmography. I don't get why more people don't talk about it. It's a very, very good, engaging film. And then number five is The Letter, the Betty Davis vehicle where she kills a man in the first scene of the movie fantastic great love her and that's my top five that's a very interesting selection of films and i can get behind those choices <laughs> i don't think i've seen those animated uh shorts that you talk about spook stories or um mr duck goes on a date is that the title i'm sorry spook sport and mr duck oh, steps spook. out I'm sorry. It's I'm fine. Sorry. It's fine. I, I just like animated shorts. I think they're fun. 
yeah. they're easy to watch. Yeah. I need to watch more of them. I'm mm -hmm. really bad with that. Most people but, do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those other three are also really notable films from 1940. Um, and The Long Voyage Home is, I think, is very interesting for Eugene O'Neill adaptation because it's adapting I think several uh, several mini plays from him ah. into a single feature and of course you can't talk about um, either of those movies without mentioning Greg Toland mm -hmm. who is just a master and mm -hmm. the letter is also an excellent um, film was yes. <laughs> one of Betty Davis' great, uh, greatest performances. And yeah, so I just like those three films. And of course, Scriptcraft is a classic. Yes. Yeah. Um, of course, since this is a Gene Arthur miniseries, another question about Gene Arthur this time. What is your overall history with Gene Arthur? Like, when did you first become um, knowledgeable? Uh, when did you? What's the first movie you watched that had her in it? I, I think I think my first Gene Arthur movie was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I had watched it for like this film class that I took at a community college while I was in high school. Uh, and I distinctly remember uh, <laughs> I I I forget. It's funny that I forget her character's name now, but uh, I had said in like my discussion post about the movie that I really loved Jean Arthur, but I only referenced her as her character. And then my professor like responded to my post saying, it's just like, I would, would it kill you to learn Jean Arthur's name? She's one of the greatest actresses of the 40s and or the and of old Hollywood and whatever. And, and since then, I've taken. Uh, notice to Jean Arthur and a lot of stuff and it's like my favorites of her films are uh, of course uh, the more the merrier that's one everybody loves and I also really love uh, Talk of the Town and, and of course Mr. Smith Goes to Washington it's a great film though I think she's a bit underutilized in it like she she's great in it but it's just like it, I wish there was more Jean Arthur in it and um, but yeah more the merrier Talk of the Town and I, I've seen quite a quite a few of her movies well not not that many like there's some Gene Arthur stands out there who's seen like everything that's still available and there's still like 25% of her movies are lost, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I've seen 10 of her movies, which is nothing to sneeze at. And yeah, and the film we are watching today is, or the film we watched for today is probably the worst Gene Arthur movie I've seen so far. <laughs> Did we say the title for the movie yet? <laughs> yeah, I said Arizona. Okay. From 1940. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, I'm just going to pull up the quick premise. Um, see if I can uh, just look at IMDb. So, the premise, during the 1860s, Tucson, the pioneer woman, struggles to succeed in the fright and cattle business while at risk at the hands of corrupt and violent local businessmen and then rampaging Indians. Um, it, so, it's a Western. It's a Western. Yeah. So, this co-stars William Holden, and um, I guess, did he make much of an impression on you? Not 
Really, William Holden did not make much of an impression on me. Like when I was watching this movie, I, I just had just the hardest time just paying attention or caring about really anything that wasn't Jean Arthur. Like she is the only not bad part of this movie, really, or not generic part of this movie. It's just it's just a Western. It's just a Western. It, and Jean Arthur is there as the first woman who the, the first uh, pioneer woman in our in Arizona or in Tucson or whatever. And it's just like she she's engaging. She has this fun attitude about her and she's very uh, fiery and whatever. And that that's fun. But like William Holden, he's just kind of there. The other actors are just kind of there doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. And it's like. I, I guess William Holden isn't really bad. It's just that he's not interesting. Westerns aren't interesting usually, at least this era of Westerns. It's just, it's just whatever. Just don't care. Yeah, pretty much on the same page. Um, like, this would be completely forgettable if not for Gene Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, who really is not given much of a character and it's just her imposing her magnetic screen presence onto the onto a film that really does not deserve her. Mm-hmm. I would say she she's doing the best she can with the awful material she has. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty much most remarkable for its complete and utter lack of personality. <laughs> um, and. I guess that's not a surprise considering who directed this, Wesley Ruggles. Yes. Who... He, he's most well known for directing Cimarron, which is the most, which is surely the most <laughs> beloved best picture winner of them all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, I found out when just looking up things about this movie is that his last movie is London Town. Which is a musical, which is a British musical, as the title may suggest. And it was Wesley Ruggles' last movie. And it also single handedly like destroyed British film production in the 1940s. And it didn't really come back until like the 60s, I think. Like it was just that bad and that much of a flop that it's just like there was so much money put into this because British people just, I guess, or British producers just really wanted a big flashy MGM style musical. And they brought in Wesley Ruggles because he's an American, not knowing that he had never made a musical and there was nothing (laughs) in his uh, filmography that would suggest that he would be good at it. (laughs) And they just brought him in and goes, Oh, American, he can probably make this. (laughs) And then, yeah, I, I have not seen this movie, but everything I read about it just makes it think like, yeah, it makes sense that this was a major flop. <laughs> yeah. And the only other um, notable thing that Wesley Ruggles directed was Valiant is the Word for Carrie, which is not a good movie, not a notable movie. I just really like the title. I think it's very funny to me. Valiant is the Word for Carrie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of a cool title. Um... I guess I can sort of get be. I'm not sure whether or not I like uh, 
Gladys George's performance in that, but <laughs> I guess I can get behind I'm No Angel, um, uh, what she what he directed, uh, May West vehicle. I and, have not seen that one. I I haven't uh, really seen any many May West movies. Uh, yeah, she's definitely unique, and. <laughs> I admired what she did for her era. So, yeah. Um, but <laughs> We just have nothing to talk about with this movie. There's just yeah. nothing interesting here. Uh, <laughs> but I guess we're going to try... Um, <laughs> but let, let's look at these uh, Oscar nominations, because this is that's kind of what this show is about. It, it yeah, got yeah. it got two Oscar nominations, one for Victor Young for Best Original Score, and another for Lionel Banks and Robert Peterson for Best Art Direction in Black and White. Both very, both nominations that don't speak to the quality of the actual movie, and it's and also there are there were like ten different nominees in both of these categories. And Arizona just gets lost in the pile. And it's like, yeah, we'll just look it and, up and see exactly how many nominations there were for each. Yeah. And so for original score, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, six. So 17 for original score. Christ. Um, and then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, thirteen for art direction, black and white. Jesus. Um, which is wild, but I guess at the same time it kind of makes sense to trying to engage all these different, uh, trying to engage the studios mm-hmm. by allowing them to uh, submit one movie each. Basically, yeah, I think that's what they did. From when I was, yeah, I, I I remember hearing about that too, but I'm not too knowledgeable about like the specifics about how it all works. Yeah, neither. But um, I guess another notable thing is that Rebecca didn't win here. Um, Pride and Prejudice did. This is, yeah, in Arizona, just, like, sure, babe, I don't remember the score at all. I, I watched yeah. this movie last night, don't remember the music, and the art direction is fine. It's Service Western, ball. nothing really stands out to me as being very noteworthy in I, either department. So it's just, this movie just is a waste it's a waste of time both for me and for like the people who made it it's a waste of money it's a waste of talent and gene arthur and also william holden he's a pretty good actor but he's just kind of there in this movie it's just it's a waste of space in that it took up space in in tucson and to shoot the movie Actually, let's go off on a tangent. Let's go off on another tangent so we can stop talking about this movie for a bit. Okay. So I live in Fine. Tucson. 
that's the reason why I chose this movie. I, I well, I chose it because of Arizona, but it also happens to take place in Tucson, which is where I live. And Tucson's a pretty nice town. It it's very beautiful. It has mountains. Mountains are very beautiful. It that's what I, as a person who lives here, I have a hard time uh, remembering like just how like most places don't get like a backyard view of the mountains that tower above you but they are so pretty and they're right there and then also what, what else can i say about tucson I, I'm, tucson's kind of boring there's not much to say about it i just don't want to talk about this movie <laughs> I, I thought this would be more fun because gene arthur is a very fun actress but this is just a not good film by her yeah um and I guess what this needed was a bit more personality. Like, I just think back to, I'm just thinking about the other Westerns Gene Arthur made, like Shane, in which she had the supporting role. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it. And it's directed by George Stevens, who... Shane is fine. I don't think too highly of it. It's, it's whatever. People love it. It doesn't do anything for me. George Stevens was certainly on a high in the 1950s. Um, I haven't seen... Uh, the only film from is in the 1950s I've seen was A Place in the Sun, which I love. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, let me, let me like look up George Stevens. I, I forget what he directed. There's lots of Georges. There's... Um, He directed The More the Merrier. Oh, yes, of course. Giants. Gi- Giant is great. Place in the Alice Sun. Alice Adams. Top no, not top hat. Um, swing time. Swing time. Okay, so yeah, he he directed Talk Town and More of the Merrier. Both of those are great. Giant, of course, very sexy movie with Rock Hudson, Elizabeth Taylor, and James Dean. Uh, uh but he's directed a lot of boring things too. Uh. <laughs> he also he also directed I Remember Mama, which is fairly divisive nowadays. I think I assume. I I think. I really like Irene Dunn and I Remember Mama, but I think the movie itself is kind of boring. I'm just looking at the yeah, things I do I've like seen. her performance. I just look at the things I've seen by George Stevens, and it's just like he's a fine director. He doesn't do too much. Uh, like, like Shane is fine. Alice Adams, fine. Women of the Year, fine. Place in the Sun has great performances, but it's mostly just kind of fine. Vivacious lady, fine. It's it's just all just kind of unremarkable. Well, not all unremarkable. Like we said, talk of the town, more the merrier. Giant, uh, Diary of Frank and Frank. Even I think that's really good too. And Penny Serenade. That's 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 all right. I I like. It's one of Cary Grant's best roles. But it's also it's really good in like the second half until the ending. Just really lets him down mm-hmm. there i think that's one of the worst endings i've ever seen and just completely soured me on the film really okay i i don't remember too much about it because i watched it uh, more than two years ago but i i remember just think, generally liking the movie also he directed um a damsel in distress which was the first movie or the first musical that fred astaire made after uh, 
he and Ginger Rogers, or after Ginger Rogers kind of like stopped, like wanted to like uh, expand her career a bit. And so Joan Fontaine kind of steps into that Ginger Rogers role and, and she's pretty good. Uh, she's, she's no Ginger Rogers, of course, but, but she does the role well. And Damsel in Distress this is a pretty good, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie. I think at least. Uh, just looking at my friends, it, it seems to be pretty divisive amongst them, but I like it. I think it's good. I haven't seen it, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, it um, won an Oscar for uh, Best Dance Direction when, it, when that was like a category for four years. Uh, I guess that makes sense considering yeah. that musicals were taking off around that time, but mm-hmm. uh, but I guess going back to Arizona, it really could have used someone like George Stevens doing something to make it stand out. Um, but, or again, going back to Gene Arthur's other westerns, like The Plainsman, which is directed by Cecil Reed DeMille. Say what you will about him, but he has a distinctive visual style. Love it or hate it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Cecil B. DeMille is a great, uh, he's a great visual kind of arranger. Like he, he's a very meticulous kind of director in the visual sense, but it, he, tr- he tr- usually lets the story go aside in, in making it. This is not a new take. This is something everybody says about him, but still, it's true. <sighs> So just, I'm trying to uh, think of ways this movie could be better, but truly, I just don't like thinking about this movie because there is nothing really to think about. Like it's, like, I guess maybe isn't that great. Yeah, I I, I think I kind of want this to be something kind of like um, oh the title's blanking on me, but it's the Marlena Dietrich western that she did with Jimmy um, Stewart. Uh, Rides Again. Destry Rides Again, yes. Uh, I wish it was something kind of like that, that, where it's just like, where like, there's actual character in it. Like, these characters are developed and enjoyable. And it's just fun. It's funny. It's fun. And it has things that you can enjoy in it. Unlike this movie. This movie doesn't have things you can enjoy outside of Gene Arthur, but really Gene Arthur is just up, just trying to shovel herself out of the shit pile. It's just, it's, it's, this movie gets worse the more, the more I think about it, which is why I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was just about to say something, but I lost my track of thought. Um I guess the solution to making any boring drama better is turning into a screwball comedy, like Death Street Rides Again. Huh. You know, maybe that could work. Maybe if we just let, if we just like threw out the westerns, so throughout the entire story, just like put Gene Arthur and William Holden in a movie together, maybe we could have gotten something better let, let me look up to see if they've done any other movies together um nope this is the only movie they've done together so it's a missed opportunity missed opportunity 
maybe they should, maybe in another lifetime they could have done a better movie together but not this one there is just nothing to talk about here the, like, yeah. the, like this we could just kind of like read through the wikipedia plot summary but that's just boring and, and I imagine this episode is getting kind of boring because it's just us having nothing to say about this terrible movie and just kind of floundering for something, something to talk about. But there just isn't anything worth talking about here. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess... Yeah, I guess if I might just keep going back to the Wikipedia summary, just trying if I really want to pad this out, but I don't. I don't know if I want to put you through that much torture. <laughs> and it's like um, I can't even really talk about like like even though I live here, it's like there's not much I can say. Like this was filmed on uh, what is now was today called the Old Tucson Studios, and I. Uh, and I've never been there. I I constantly see advertisements for it. I I know people who have gone there. It's a it's a tourist activity, so of course, as someone who lives here, I have no desire to go to it because it's it's a tourist thing. Why why would I go to it? I live here, so it's just I I can't offer anything about that. It's just um, I guess it is interesting for um well. Uh, this was actually one of two uh, Gene Austin movies from 1940, um, both directed by Wesley Ruggles. Um, the other was actually a um, co- romantic comedy called Too Many Husbands. I know nothing I about that things. movie. Also written by the same guy who wrote Arizona, um, oh. the screenplay at least, Claude Binion. Um, oh, let, let's look up that guy. Has he done anything notable? Uh, he Oh, this guy wrote Holiday Inn, a, another bad movie. Uh, fun. Oh, and he also wrote Valiant is the Work for Carrie. <laughs> God. Wasn't that a Paramount picture? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. But the, I, I've seen five movies by this guy. And the best one is Pepe, the uh, nineteen sixty, yeah, nineteen sixty movie starring Cantafus. Uh, oh, and that is fine. I think it's a very beautiful movie. I think it has fun, but it's also like extremely long and does not need to be that long. And, and that's the best movie that this guy has written. He also written Holiday Inn, which I think is an extremely overrated musical. It's just kind of boring. It's just watching Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby be boring. And then Arizona, and then Valiant is the word for Carrie, and then This is the Army, which is just a review. It's just, it's just a review starring soldiers to help boost mor- American morale during the war. And it sucks. It sucks so much. It's awful. Yeah, um... So I yeah, there were a lot of these workmen, people. Very bad career for Claude Binion. 
So, so maybe uh, he's yeah. really the well. I guess he and Leslie Ruggles are both to blame for this movie, but I, who knows? There, yeah, there's just not much to talk about here. Uh, let me let's look at the. I'm just going to take a quick look at the IMDb trivia. See if there's anything worth noting. Oh, apparently Jean Arthur was 40 when she made this, and her love interest, William Holden, was 22. And it's rare to see a wide age gap where the woman's the older one. That's interesting, I guess. Any thoughts about age gaps in cinema, Gabe? It is interesting to see um, these the age gap, an age gap like this basically reversed, because usually we see a much older man and a much younger woman. And and I believe that Jean Arthur was kind of self-conscious about her age. And because by the 1940s, she was in her 40s and... Oh, sorry, just a notification. And she did play roles for... Um, her age never necessarily factors into the characters she plays, which I admired that it allowed her to not be trapped in a box, basically, because looking at somebody like Greer Garson, who did get stuff with a lot of motherly roles and had to wait for a really long time just to get, um, just a star in a feature film because by the time she made Goodbye Mr. Chip she was 34 which was ancient by Hollywood standards mm-hmm. oh. so and looking in the trivia further apparently this role was originally intended for Gary Cooper but he declined because, for obvious reasons I guess and then William Holden uh, who, I get, who I guess was pretty young at this time I didn't know that I, I didn't realize while watching it that like this was an early role for him, but I guess it, yeah, it really was. Like, this, yeah, he he only had, like, this was his sixth movie, and like... I'm surprised by how, by how far back his career goes. Like, he was in Golden Boy in, in 1939. He was 21 when he made that. Mm-hmm. He was in our town. Yeah, which was the Best Picture nominee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just thinking about that um, and the runner-up um, runner is episode where um, Kevin mentions, the host, Kevin Jacobson, he mentions something about our town being reported at the time as this serious threat to win Best Picture or something. Mm-hmm. Which is odd. <laughs> well, it's like a, it was... A popular play and i assume the movie was pretty popular at least critically when the, the studio cared enough to buy itself a best picture nomination for it so mm. yes yeah. but yeah god the, the even the imdb trivia is not that interesting for this movie like there's just nothing here uh yeah, I guess talk. I guess we'll make an effort to um, talk about something I liked. I think um, the 
uh, there's an action scene near the end, which I think was pretty impressive. It might have been eh. more impressive if you had someone like George Stevens directing it and just giving it a little bit more flair. Or, or, or John Ford, for that matter, I guess. Yeah, John like, Ford. I, like, I'm not the biggest John Ford fan in the world, even though I have two of his movies in my top five of this year. Like, I think he's very hit or miss, and a lot of his movies are bad, especially his westerns. Um, but Yeah, some of his he, westerns can be... Sorry, you go ahead. But, but he is, like, a capable director. He is really good at, like, he he gets the performances out of his actors and he he knows how to make something he he knows he's very great he's great at visuals he's great at like action scenes he's he's does a lot of good i i guess really it's just like he sometimes doesn't get good scripts with his movies and that's the main issue is that like there's it's more like racism in the plot and so it's which like he probably wanted because you know he's like racist or whatever but he's still a good director even despite yeah. the racism yeah um some of his westerns can be hit or miss for me i do really like um my darling clementine and um maybe another western of his that i really like like stagecoach stagecoach is probably like his best western out of all of them i think but and yeah, yeah, it's um, like that was the year before this, and it's just like going from that to this. this. It's just uh, move, movies can be bad and, sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, um, fair points about like the racism against Native Americans mm-hmm. and and even Mexicans in his movies, and sometimes they can just feel like exercises in empty visual splendor like she wore yellow ribbon and maybe westerns just aren't the genre for me who knows there are westerns that i really like Mm -hmm. it's not like i'm totally averse to the genre it's just i'm gonna read some of I'm going to read the reception uh, section on Wikipedia uh, because I think this might be fun. Uh, The picture was not well received by critics, which influenced the the mediocre takings at the box office. Theodore Strauss of the New York Times wrote, what Phoebe Arthur needs obviously is a strong man around, or Phoebe played by Gene Arthur needs obviously is a strong man around, not exactly William Holden. He is not sufficiently far from knee pants to see seem credible as protective knight in armor. J.E. Smith saw the film as an attempt to repeat Cimarron's epic epic revisionism and historical seriousness. Uh, He described Arizona as an early feminist Western. And then some guy gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Don't need to read positive reviews of this. And that's it. Okay. Even the... Yeah. God. There's just nothing to talk about with this. Yeah. And it's the worst kind of movie to to try and fit into uh, have a discussion. This sort of movie that leaves nothing to talk about. Yeah. And it's, I remember when you first uh, asked me 
about like hey joining you on gene arthur series and i was trying to decide between i think it was talk of the town and this and i was like you know i really want to do talk of the town that's a really good movie i love that movie already but you know what i'll take a chance and do the movie that just happens to share the name of the place i live and that was my only reasoning as to picking this. I, I felt like it would have been a missed opportunity otherwise if I didn't do this one. And I regret that decision. <laughs> if I could go back, I would choose probably any other movie besides this, but also specifically Talk of a Town. That would have been fun to do. But no, I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll keep you in mind um, for that <laughs> particular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at least uh, I don't have to subject anyone else to this. Yeah, and <laughs> it's and, not even remarkable. It's not even remarkably bad. Um, yeah, it's at not least even, that would be something to talk about. It's, it's not even like a simmer on which. Exactly. It's not like I, I can't even think of like epically bad movies from this time period that aren't just like extremely dull but it's just like it it could have been it could have been worse and that would have been better but no it's not i feel like it i've kind of gone over two with with your podcast game it's just like both times i've had to watch a lot of bad movies because 1929 as i've talked about before is like the worst year in cinema and now i'm here with the terrible western but we we can give a sneak peek for the next time we uh talk together it'll be about uh kenneth Branagh's hamlet for the christmas episode yes and that that'll be much better because the, kenneth yeah. Branagh's hamlet is one of my favorite movies of all time so we're certain to get something good next time yes that will be a mammoth to unpack and yeah I have a lot of things I want to say about that film and others. But yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, I guess if there's nothing left to talk about. There, there um, hasn't been anything to talk about this whole time. Of course, but <laughs> um, anyways, thank you, Jackson, for um, helping me pad out this episode <laughs> this, to make this, up for the lack of substance. Just filling up your podcast uh stream filmography whatever it's called <laughs> the, yeah. the G- gene arthur series just get, getting this one out of the way yeah i look forward to watching much better movies before <laughs> hopefully it should be fairly easily easy but um so jackson how do we find you on social media uh i am at uh, J-A-C-D-E-S Williams with an S at the end on Twitter and Letterboxd and lots of social media sites. All right. So um, as usual, you can find um, Alton Oscars on Patreon um, and Instagram. No, not Instagram. Just me. Um, And Twitter. Um at alternate oscars should be fairly easy to find you can follow me on twitter at joker two underscores um instagram just 
my name, Gabe Warren, and then Letterboxd at Mr. Hulo, and, um, yeah, I think that's it, so be sure to, um, subscribe to this podcast through whatever server you use, um, and I guess until the next episode, sit back, relax, cheers, and enjoy, and thank you for listening to the Alternate Oscars.